Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast, Season 7, Episode 9. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. Welcome back. Yay. Excellent. Hello. Now, special episode this week. Yes. But before we talk about why, any news from you guys? Um, well, I've got a new vehicle. A new vehicle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think, I think it's pretty cool. Brilliant. Well, I'm glad we discussed that thoroughly. <laughs> I, feel well, I, just, I thought I shouldn't be mentioning brands. We don't mention brands, do we? We could talk about Well, you brands. started it off. You said that you have a German car you're not mentioning the brand for whatever strange reason i just did well i think at that point i thought it would just detract distract from the discussion because somebody was bound to go oh well you picked the wrong brand if you'd bought the brand i prefer oh, i see then then all of the things that you said that were valid points would suddenly right, be okay, invalidated fine, so new car thanks very much Dick. I, okay. i'm really pleased with it you, so you bought a new vehicle congratulations yes, it's great it goes goes very well it goes forwards and backwards mm-hmm. but do you know what both of the directions the accountant was trying to get me to buy a tesla Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because it's uh, you get corporation tax discounts quite dramatically. So I, I just want one because they're cool and they're they're quite rare in the UK at the moment, aren't yeah. they? And they yeah. actually think they're a bit more premium vehicles than they are in the states. Mm. Oh, generally they yeah. spend. I think I'd rather have a Falcon Nine Rocket. A what? Blimey, I don't know what, what is that. Is. That's Elon Musk's uh, space ventures and Tesla cars, obviously. But they are t- not very good getting to work. No, they are much yeah. harder to park. Yes. Yeah, and the carbon offsetting is a little problematic. Yes. Just the, the guy, the man in Tesco's is really not going to offer to wash that for you whilst you're in buying your... You can't uh, plug that one well, in yeah, Tesco. Well, yeah, after you've melted the asphalt, as we're talking in America, exactly. you know... Can cause serious problems. But welcome, well. welcome to the three hundred sixty-one degrees podcast. If you are just joining us, you've arrived a bit late because this is uh, episode nine. I haven't in, got any news. Ep- episode nine in season seven. Uh, this is uh, opportunity for the three of us to to meet every week and talk about mobile technology. Yes. We don't do the news, but what we do do is talk about the things that interest us and the things behind the news. And this week, you and McLeod, it's a bit of a special episode. Yes, we're talking hardware. We are talking hardware, and we trailed this earlier in the season, and now it's it's time to deliver. It's uh, We've done this a few times, but it's time to recap, and this is our Season 7 Good Kit Guide. Yes, and this is genuine. There's no nonsense. There's been a little bit of preparation to make sure we get it in the right way, but this is a, um, how, how we use and what type of hardware we use on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. It's about how you two can be just like the 361-degree podcasters. What? Yeah, maybe not such a I compelling he, pitch there. He's having a uh, a problem because we didn't ask him about his news. Oh, did you have any news, right? Well, no, good. move on. Okay, no, fair enough. I think. Well, any I did news? have some news, but it's all right. What was your news? I, I went to a library, which was very exciting in this digital age, yeah. and I had to get a library card. But I did it because what were you doing? my local library has a Zinio subscription, which is a way you can get magazines uh, on your yes. iPad, on your computer, whatever. And by joining up to the library, they had subscribed on behalf of everybody to about 40 magazines. So I can now download any of those magazines rather than having to pay for them myself. And so I thought this was quite a forward-thinking local right. library. How much did it cost you to join the library? It was free. Okay. That's, that's my favorite that's price. Yeah, I like that price. There we go. So if you go to your local library, they well, may have a Well, I had to go to the library to pick up the card. Everything else is all done online. I can load the magazines and say... Of those magazines, worth, uh, only about five I would subscribe to, but included The Economist, 
new scientists, right. National Geographic, things that Isn't I'd it? actually go out and buy. They're, they're, the right. thing, they're the things I normally leave on my coffee table in the hope that people think I read them. <laughs> so. oh, well, I actually do read oh, them. Okay. Well, obviously, obviously Blanford. So this week is our Good Kit Guide, and the yes. rules for the Good Kit Guide are that these are things that we use daily, and we yes. recommend them because we have paid for them with our own money, we have adopted them as our own, and we use them and we recommend them. This is not probably this is not always the best in class. It's not always no. the you know a, a definitive review of the market. But these are the things that we use and love, and uh, an opportunity to talk about why. And, and a great opportunity to discover more because where I really get value is when the listeners say, "Oh, have you not thought about X or Y?" So you should immediately go yeah. to three six one podcast dot com where you will be able to leave your own recommendations and suggestions for good kit, both mm. in the categories that we're going to talk about and any others that you think we should cover in the future. So very please, gratefully received. So absolutely, please go there now on the beautifully responsive mobile website that you could fill in whilst listening to to me finish this very sentence. As long as you are not driving, Obviously, don't do it if you're driving. But I mean, I know certainly unless it's a Google car. Well, yeah. certainly, certainly, Rafe, this wouldn't trouble Rafe because he's driver. If you are listening to this in a Google car and you can prove through video means that you're listening to this in a Google self-driving car, we will give you a prize. Or you've paid for the 10K Audi kit. I think, I think the self-driving car still requires you okay. to be what in charge, we, doesn't it? We will pay for what? A £50 Amazon voucher. If you can send us a video of you using listening to this podcast in... I don't. I don't think a Google self-driving car. The bar is getting rather high here. Fifty pounds. Well, I, I was. I'll pay it. I was thinking fifty pounds. I was thinking more the other way around, which is if 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 you have the financial wherewithal to find yourself in an autonomous driving car, it's probably worth millions. The fifty quid incentive would be not very interesting. Anyways, yeah, fair point. We are tight for time, so enough of this messing right. about. Let's crack on. You, yes. McLeod, you are first up. Yes. Go. Uh, I'm talking about batteries. Right. So it's batteries. Batteries is what I would like to talk about. That's my most important topic, given. I am typically using a mobile phone that has a rubbish, rubbish battery. Um, uh, iPhone, just in case you're wondering. Uh, so I'm not talking about chargers, and I'm not talking about the solar chargers that I have as well. They're really cool things. What I want to focus on are batteries that you have to charge up overnight. And I religiously do this every night. I charge up, make sure that my Mophie Power Station Geo is fully charged. Good name check. Yes. Name check. Well, we're talking about the actual devices, yeah, right? Yeah, no. So that that is seventy nine pounds ninety, or ninety nine dollars, um, and that will charge an iPad and an iPhone simultaneously. Very useful. Uh, it's got lots and lots of. Let me have a look. How many? I was hoping to try and look and see how many milliamps or whatever. But it's, it's it will charge an iPad and an iPhone completely, um, and I use that daily because it gives me the ability to charge any device. It can be the iPad, it can be the iPhone, it can be anyone else's device who's not um, got any battery left. Okay, rapid fire questions. Why did you choose the Mophie? Okay, here I'm embarrassed to say it's because it was one in the Apple store. So Apple made the choice for me. Okay. Um, it's working very nicely, but the, the big difference here is Mophie do a lot of uh, cases that you can um, you can and put your sleeve style. sleeves yeah that you put your iPhone into that, that gives you the extra power. I didn't want that. I wanted the, the juice pack range. That's right. Yeah, I, I wanted the uh, the standalone battery, and that has been uh, godsend for me. I use I will routinely use this daily. Sometimes it's to make sure my Android phone's charged up. Sometimes it's to make sure the, the MiFi unit's charged up. But often it's actually someone else who's using a phone that doesn't have the uh, has run out of battery. So I, I always carry that. It's at the bottom of my bag. Charge every night. 
So I uh, I did I did the smart thing, and I went on Amazon and I bought an anchor battery. Right. Um, how do you spawn that? A N K E R. There are there are new. Is that what I should have done? Well, there 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 are new brands who are. They're certainly in the UK. They're selling through Amazon. I've seen them in a lot of places. I know they're definitely available in the US. They do a whole bunch of accessories. I've got the really big capacity, ten thousand milliamp hour wow. battery, which should sort of recharge an iPad and a bit or, or a bunch of phones, and it's got three or four outputs on it. It doesn't. They've got a massive range. It doesn't matter. Um, really, which one you get? I think you should just buy it depending on what devices you've got. But I, I think um, uh, if the Mophie is the kind of the luxury premium end uh, of the range, the Anchor is the kind of the good solid middle tier. It was um, super affordable. I think it was sort of about forty or fifty pounds, and uh, you know, massive, massive capacity. Twenty five ninety nine, though. Well, it de- it depends which one you're. Uh, it depends which 10, one. Ten thousand milliamps. Yeah, I'm uh, so I've got I've got a slightly newer one than that. Oh, right, it's a okay. slightly chunkier one, but yep. I mean, they are twenty five, thirty pounds. Thoroughly recommend them. The nice thing for me is the Anchor brand is that just correct mat- match of good quality, but a uh, good price as well. Right. So it's not sort of some of the really low end, no name uh, brands that tends to be sort of imports. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and, and and trusted, really good customer care. Ships in. I mean, amazingly for for really cheap stuff. Ships in kind of packaging that you you would credit to Apple or someone like that. Right. Really, really good. A nice brand. That Mophie, by the way, was six thousand milliamps. There we go. So definitely get the one I recommended instead. Mm. Yeah, I do exactly the same thing. I actually have the Nokia DC19, but Anchor do an equivalent product. Yeah, that, it's kind of the, Let me just time check that. That was uh, less than 10 minutes into the podcast. Rafe mentioned Nokia. Yep. Uh, but for the same reason... Microsoft? I, what did Microsoft do, Rafe? For the same reason that you do have one, I need it to be able to top up my battery on the go. And actually, this is a small one. It's a kind of uh, columnar uh, shape, but it's about 3,500. Column shape. Columnar. What? A column. A columnar. Is that a word? Columnar. Yes. I'm going to check that. You do that. 3,500 milliamp hours, but Anchor do a model. And I think the point that Ben made about buying one that's medium or above is important because I've had a couple of cheap Chinese ones. Having yeah. the shape of a column. There are various companies that do this. Pro Porter is another one. Long term name in the UK. They do good products as well. The things to look out for are both the capacity but also the output. Uh, so just as applies for chargers, you can have things that are coming out at 850 um, milliamps or you can have 1.5 milliamps and that kind of thing. To do something like an iPad, you will need towards the upper end 1.8 or 2 and above, I would say, ideally. There's a lot of technology can go into these in terms of the intelligence of when to turn off the charger, yes. when to turn it on, and also actually recharging the device itself. When you're talking about batteries that have a 10,000 milliamp capacity, they can actually take quite a long time to charge. So we're just starting to see the quick charge and equivalent technologies come into this space. And this is the ability to top up 80% of the battery more quickly than it'll trickle charge the last 20%. So quick charge two is actually the technology to work watch out for because that's going to enable you to theoretically recharge some of these bigger capacity things in a matter of hours, whereas at the moment these big 10,000 ones will take six hours or overnight to recharge. Yeah, my, my top tip would be actually I have I have two I have the the big, like you and I have the big one sits in the bottom of my mm. bag 
but it does need an overnight recharge, yeah. and that's I don't always remember to do that. So I also have the uh, the Native Union Jump that I mentioned earlier in the season, which is a battery that lives in the middle of a cable. Very it, smart. It, it only tops up the third of the phone, so it's not going to sort you out. It's a more of an emergency one. But the thing is, because that's a usable iPhone sync and charge cable, I use it every day, and I'm charging it, you know, just by by using it. So um, I, I really like that sort of combination. Uh, well, I bought it through the Kickstarter campaign, so it was a kind of an early price. But I think right. when it gets into the shops, it's going to be sort of about fifty or sixty pounds, which is unfortunately a little bit a little bit premium. But actually, I think you can achieve a similar effect with um, with some of the other sort of smaller chargers that you can plug into a computer whilst you're working or or something like that. And, uh, and in fact, actually, quite oftentimes the Anchor or Amazon or these big retailers do these up as bundles of a big one and a small one. So, I'd recommend you buy it that way. My category that I want to talk about is wearables, and I'm kind of aware this is a big one, so I want to talk about a couple of products and start with the Pebble smartwatch. And this could actually be read into any smartwatch. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend one over the other because I think it's still very early days, but I would recommend the idea of notifications on your wrist. It's something I wasn't really completely bought into until quite recently, but sitting in meetings or actually sitting at a desk or commuting into London, you find that you're needing to check something that's come in at a glance rather than having to get your phone out your pocket. And it can be when you're walking along, just at your distance, just the ability to have glanceability without picking up your phone has become important to me. But my recommendation here is think not just about the watch itself, and you can get bands that do the equivalent. Think about how you integrate that into your kind of workflow. So set it to only alert you for certain notifications. So it may be a certain email account. Uh, it may be certain events on your phone. And that's really important because that will dictate how useful it is to you. Now, I've got the orange uh, Pebble watch, which looks like a prototype and feels a bit like one Pebble have since produced the Pebble Steel, which I'd probably be my choice recommendation at the moment. I'm, I noticed uh, people wearing the, the Pebble in the wild, real people wearing Pebbles yeah. now. So uh, I, I think... So far, as like you say, Rafe, it's, it's early days. But for my taste, the Pebble has the one is the one that's got the uh, you know sort of the, the general share of the, of the market. Isn't it? And why is that? Because you don't actually have to recharge it every other day. It will do three or four days on a single charge. I still find it irritating that it's a proprietary cable to recharge it. I'd like it to go to that's wireless annoying. charging when you mm. put it next to your bed or something. And there's plenty I'd improve about it, but the they've concentrated on a few key functions to sort of notifications about incoming calls and text message and then events. And it's multi-platform. So when you change your phone, exactly. you don't have to change your watch because that would be the thing that would put me off some of the, for example, Samsung products, although I'm not just picking on them. Yeah. And, and we've got, you know, Sony doing the same thing. They are Android agnostic and Apple, we assume, well, it looks like it's going to produce a wearable watch at some point the rumors are pointing that way in terms of the production now yeah but i might just buy it i might just buy the apple watch just because i irrationally love them and buy all their products well, regardless uh, uh, of course but that kind of idea of locking just as in applies elsewhere in wearables we think about the you know the fitness trackers and things like that but there is definitely a kind of a fashion problem in that they don't look very attractive at the moment except Withings recently announced a product that really caught my attention in this space, which is the Activity. Oh, I, think it's, I, I think it's Activité. Activité. I'm not, not quite Timothée. sure. Yes. Yeah. And it, does sound, it does sound like he's a little, dying there's a little thing above the E. Yeah, an acute accent. Yeah, yeah. it's very attractive. 
Uh, and they produce a whole range of these kind of wearable products, including scales and the Aura, which is a really interesting way of tracking your sleep, but getting off topic a little bit. And it looks but like a nice watch. It does. It looks like a nice watch. And actually, this is like nice watches. It isn't a smartwatch. It's an activity tracker. But this idea of actually making something that you would choose to wear anyway and the wearable or smart component is just kind of a, a happenstance. It's something I think we need more of because that's the way it's going to get to general adoption. And the, and the same applies to the kind of wearable smartphones. The Fitbit isn't terribly attractive. Sony's done some interesting things with their smart band in terms of partnering with fashion designers to make what's containers for just a little widget effectively. And Fitbit are going in the same direction. But all of this, it feels like quite early days. So it's quite difficult to make good gear recommendations. But I have used a Pebble Watch. I enjoy using it. It's sort of become part of my daily activity. And I do use... Uh, a Fitbit tracker as well. It comes with the Rafe seal of approval. It, it does. But it's interesting that this space is changing so quickly because the Fitbit tracker has almost become irrelevant for me because my phone has a motion chip in it. In fact, several of my phones have a motion chip in them. And they're not quite as accurate as a standalone tracker, but it's good enough to give me a rough idea. And I think this is always going to be a danger for some of these things that when they can go into the phone, you know, sensors, do interesting things, and at the moment, it feels like a lot of the software and the services around them are a little bit messy. The social sharing isn't very good. There's no standard, so I get locked into a particular ecosystem. So I want, want more to do that. Do either of you wear a wearable device? Well, I, I, uh, I have a Fitbit. Uh, yeah, I, I have a Fitbit as well, but I got out of the habit of using it. And lost mine, unfortunately. Ah, the Fitbit do have great customer service, so um, yeah. I lost mine. Yeah. Uh, and you email customer services, and they sent me a free one to replace do it. Do you actually say hi? I hear that you send people free ones when you've lost it. Can I? Uh, yeah. I, uh, so, so, so uh, somebody else recommended to me that they'd lost theirs, and I just said, "You did it for them. Can I have another one?" And they said, "Fine, there you go." Because that, that that's a very smart move, I would imagine. Yeah. Fitbit. Because I've, I've not been using mine since November when I lost it. Yeah, I was super grateful, and I I, I was actually just saying actually the, the reason I, I did it I mean I, I was hoping that they'd say send me a free one but actually I was just saying make the clip make the clips better so it doesn't ping off your your um, belt yeah. when you're doing um, and although I don't use it my uh, my wife is is addicted to her jawbone up and but again I don't think because it's any better than the other ones just because uh, a couple of her friends and family use the the, the up and they they kind of compete they have a, that, a friendly that, competition that going. gamification that kind of social thing is is a big thing in that quantified mm -hmm. self space. It feels to me like that's the easiest thing to do. There's a lot more, you know, tying it into insurance premiums and all that kind of thing that I want to see. But if you want a gear recommendation at the moment, I would go with Fitbit just because it feels like it's the bigger ecosystem at the moment. And on the smartwatch side, uh, uh, Pebble, but look out for some of the fashionable stuff that's coming down the road. So my gear category, I, Tell I, us. brace yourselves, guys, because this is super exciting. I have because I had run the list, I picked out the best category for myself. Plugs. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Charging plugs. Excellent. Right. Now, um, I love my plug bug. Okay. You know uh, what a plug bug is? You're probably gonna have to tell me what a plug yeah, bug is because it sounds a little bug. uncomfortable. It, <laughs> Rafe, is it suitable for this podcast? Rafe, Rafe Blanford doing the risque jokes on the podcast. I'm, I'm so <laughs> proud. Our little boy's grown up. Um, so the, the plug bug is, uh, I think, product which uh, I think is by a company called 12 South, and Ewan is busy Googling this as we talk. But it's a red um, edition which you plug onto your uh, MacBook charger. And the whole uh, the whole benefit of, of, of that 
device is that it gives you a USB port on your MacBook charger. Well, that is actually quite smart. And I can, well, I suppose for the, maybe if you if you don't travel as much as perhaps we do, then you're thinking, well, why would I be bothered about that? But now I just chuck that unit into my bag and I've got a USB charger and I've got um, uh, my, the charging unit for my, for my laptop. The great thing is that I don't have to use the laptop bit if I just want to charge my phone overnight. And also that kit, by chance comes with a full international set of, of plugs. So you can much more affordably than buying the Apple kit of, um, of plugs, have a, a full set of, uh, of, um, of, of heads for, for international travel. Thirteen nine ninety five from the Apple store. It's very affordable. And I also love it because it does uh, the faster charging for iPhones. So it puts out the slightly higher uh, power rating and charges your iPhones nice and quickly. It is super convenient. And it's just that sort of thing that just feels common sense and when you're sat in a hotel as i often am working away um, it's fantastic where you're running out of uh, ways to charge up all these various usb powered devices it's really handy to have one off a power socket on the wall and if you uh, if you order from amazon you'll save nine pence there you go so what about you guys well i think this is a interesting one because a lot of the time it's around convenience and travel and to that extent i ha- i really like my moo plug which is something that I think it was a design project a couple of years back and since came yeah. to fruition. I love mine too. And it's particularly relevant to the UK market because we have plugs that are bigger than everyone else because we have three three pin plugs rather than two pins. And it folds flat and you can slip it inside a, a pocket in a case very easily. And it's then put a micro USB cable in it and you can then charge up most of the device. And again, it has good output, but it's a, just a really great piece of design and I wouldn't be traveling without it. That's a really good present as well for it someone is. who's got everything and doesn't yeah. have that. Now, unfortunately, Moo haven't put out their high high output version yet, so it's still only giving standard output. So it's doing slow charging over USB, but it's absolutely excellent. And yeah, if you're if you're not in the UK, uh, you you won't be able to uh, you won't appreciate the. Um, you won't appreciate the, uh, the 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 pain of UK design plugs. This three-pin triangle design is so chunky. It means that all the neat North American two-pin super, super small charging solutions just don't work. So it's an absolute godsend. And the way it works is by twisting the bottom two pins so they're in a straight line and the whole unit folds down into a really compact uh, really compact design. You're, tra- you're talking about the Moo tablet there. Uh, it's out now, is it? No, no, it's coming soon still, but it's the MU Moo tablet. There we go. So yeah. absolutely love that. The current one's only suitable really for smartphones and yep. Kindles. Uh, now, I, in the previous one about batteries, you and I talked about in- Anchor. I'm going to plug them again. Anchor do a five-way USB charging device. It comes with a mains charger and, and, and offers you up five USB sockets. Uh, at least one or two of those are the high-power outputs that you need to charge iPads. Get one of those, stick it on your desk. It is brilliant because if you're, if you're anything like me, nearly every device Every device that you own charges off USB. You're always short of, of, of cables. And more importantly, I'm always taking the cables and putting them in my bag to bring them away for work or travel or whatever. So I want to have those USB ports up on my desk and not That's attached to my, not attached to my computer. Because yeah. I want to have them on at other times when my computer's off. Absolutely. And it's, it's eight amps over five plugs. So it's sufficient to do a couple of tablets and a phone and a couple of other you know headset accessories in a similar vein to kind of the whole portability issue, there are various short cables that you can get that you can uh, you know, put on your key ring. And the one I've been using is the Nomad series of cables, which are just a little thing you attach to your key ring and then you can get various models of it, micro USB, lightning connector, 
and just having that cable always with you that you can use to recharge your phone and stick it into any USB port, be it on your own computer or someone else's, is really handy. Yeah, and uh, I know you're an avid user of wireless charging. I am. I love my wireless charging, and it's a real pain when your device doesn't support it. I've been using multiple devices, and the one that stays charged is the one with uh, wireless charging. I've actually gone and bought a kind of a, a case just to support that on an Android device. The Nokia devices I use have it built in, and it's not about you know one particular technology. It's actually the way it changes. I charge the devices because I get home, just put it on a plate, it charges, rather than having to plug it in and. Also, it's, it, it's that continuous top-up charge when you're sitting at a desk. And so if there's a technology I'd like to see in every phone, it would be the Qi wireless charging standard. Yep, can't wait for that to arrive, and I want that in the centre console of my car so I can just chuck it in the centre console and not have to plug in. Okay, you and McLeod. Yes. Topic number two from you. Uh, that's MiFi's. I have... Uh long been a fan of MiFi devices. Are we still banging on about this? Are these still It's still good? a thing. It's still a thing, yes. So I also carry a really big beefy, I won't bother giving you the actual model numbers, but a really big beefy 3. Uh, oh, no, 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 gosh. Uh, they're going to hate me for this. Uh, an EE. They got the operator brand wrong there. Um, an EE branded Huawei uh, 4G MiFi. We do like the Huawei MiFi. Huawei's are amazing, yep. And they are the pioneers, but not the, not just the pioneers, but they, I think they set the standards in yes, MiFi's. The, the model I've, I've got will go more or less a whole business day, so six or seven hours, you know, depending on how much uh, usage you're... You're slacking off with your six-hour business day. Well, because you, you, know, you go for lunch and you might be in a meeting where you're actually using it, you know, because if you... If or you, recording a podcast. Exactly. If you if you hammer these things, then, you know, they're going to last a couple of hours. But uh, if it's good general usage across a day... I can um, I can get a full day out of my my Huawei. Um, the EE service, by the way, has been excellent around London, and, and now that four G's coming to different areas, has been really cool as well. But the the reason MiFi is still a problem, and I want a separate powered MiFi unit, is because I don't want my batteries are already rubbish right on my devices. I don't want to um, have to put on the uh, the Wi-Fi and then have it using up its battery even more unnecessarily. For me, it's about reliability. Because I, I use per, I use hotspots on my phone and my iPad yeah. quite a lot, um, but actually when I when I want it when I want it reliable when I want yeah. it trustworthy the uh, reception the battery life the performance of the MiFi units yes. uh, even though they're actually quite quite cheap units um, is is it's much better and like you say it insulates your battery on your devices so you're not you're not suffering from that. But also just the, the the throughput. I spent a year pretty much living off, um, what, you know, a MiFi mm, device yes. uh, as our primary uh, source of internet at home, and I can absolutely confirm that you know nearly all the MiFi's I used outperformed the phones. And also, you didn't spend all this time cooking your phone because they tend to heat up exactly. a great yeah. deal when when they're going you know with with Wi-Fi and and three G performance at the same time. My tip here would be to actually buy one that's unlocked. Uh, if you can, rather than getting one through an operator, because then if you go traveling overseas, you can then put a local SIM in it and use that overseas, because there are some countries where roaming data is still too expensive. And particularly if you're traveling in a group with people who maybe not as mobile tech savvy as you, the fact that you can turn on a Wi-Fi hotspot that then doesn't cost them anything to use and not, have, not having to use their mobile roaming data will make you the most popular person on the holiday. Yep, top, top tip as well. Um, 
I, like you, travel around working on lots of different sites, um, oftentimes working in places with dodgy phone signal where people are struggling to use perhaps the, the dongles they've been provided yeah. by work or whatever. Great tip about, obviously, great thing about the MiFi is that you can go and clip it up to the window or prop it up somewhere yes. where there's good reception and, and then and then rebroadcast that signal. So it's, um, you know, oftentimes if I'm working off the phone, I'll use a wired cabled connection for reliability, but the MiFi is a, is a fantastic yeah. device and also uh, of, often offers up a, a, a better signal, uh, you know, for in terms of Wi-Fi reception and performance. And if you're looking for something that isn't, um, you know, operator locked, can I suggest you take a look at the Uros U R O S, uh, good speed, the Uros good speed. And uh, rather interesting, it's a MiFi unit, but it's got the, uh, let me take the battery off. I'm, I'm waving one around here in the studio. That's great for radio, right? There or, you go. Yeah. All right. I, I, I love the look of that. I've never seen one bright pink before. Come on. Uh, don't, don't quite know how to open it. I'll, I'll work no, that one. Okay. But basically, this, this gives you the option to put a whole lot of different SIMs within it, right? But um, the good speed service, you can actually buy a day pass from them almost anywhere in the world. So try, I mean, name a country. I'm going to tell you how much a 1,000 meg costs you. Go name a country. Iceland. Uh, Iceland. Iceland. Uh, okay, apart from Iceland. <laughs> Go on. Uh, Poland. Poland. Poland is in the uh, pro section that will cost you uh, €5.90 for the day. Bargain. And up to a thousand or one gig. And just while we're talking, um, we love Huawei. ZTE units are also very good, uh, very similar feature set. But there are some bargains to be had out there as well. TP Link makes some as well. So um, jump jump onto Amazon, but definitely recommend buying a named brand unit. There's lots of there's lots of cheap muck out there. And features to consider are the battery capacity. If you want to have kind of a shared memory through a USB port, you can get that. But actually the most important feature for me to look for is having an external aerial port because if you're intending to use it in a home or business environment where there is poor signal, being able to plug in that external area can make all the difference. Ooh, I have never done that, but that sounds dead handy. I'm going to give that a try. Rafe Blanford, you're up next. Second thing I wanted to talk about was cases, which is, again, quite a broad topic and a little bit boring. But the first thing I want to little ask bit. here is, does everyone use a case? And that, mm. I, I'll have to put on my hand and say I've started using them for a very yeah, specific reason. I don't enjoy reason. using cases. I'm, yeah, so I, 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 dis, I dislike cases, but I have dropped my phone so many times recently that it's gone in one and it's saved me a number of times. Yeah, and that's it for me. It's a significant investment when you've got a phone. You don't want it to break, but it does often spoil the design for me. So the first one I want to mention is something you mentioned in an earlier episode of this series, which is... HTC with their M8, which is the kind of the latest version of their one smartphone, came out with their dot view case. And this actually not only does it offer the usual protection, but offers something extra. And in the front of the case, it's a basic flip case. It's then got lots of little holes. So you can actually see the screen through it, but it detects when this case is on it and then comes up with a different UI. And so you tap on it once and it'll show you the time tap on it twice and you'll see the weather it's also possible to get notifications come up on this screen as well as answer the phone all without sort of having to take a case so it answers part of that pain point of flip cases of having to open it to do anything and it gives you that kind of advantage advantage a glanceable screen so i really like that as an implementation you and you and i are both i notice using apple's own brand iphone 5 case and i'm just embarrassed 
Now, actually, I, I really, I, I didn't want to use a case, but I had to because I smashed a few too many phones, mm. and I, I needed to just eat some, eat some sort of humble pie for a while and, and get one on there because I was, I was doing loads of travelling and had a few, t- a few accidents. Um, tested loads, and actually, in the end, decided that Apple's iPhone case, own brand case, is actually the best one out there, and it's really, it's really stood up to a whole bunch of, um, of wear and tear. Yeah. But my, my top tip: get the black one. Because if you don't buy the black one, all the other colours turn black in about thirty seconds yes. and look really grotty. Um, the black one is—it's it, not—it's not glamorous, it's not exciting. But for but for a couple, but if you want it to look reasonably smart, and more importantly, I've dropped my iPhone onto concrete several times, face down, and it has survived. Yeah, likewise, I've got young children, and I just thought, oh, I better better get something. But I do—I I much prefer using these things without. You know, without a case. Yep. The other element I want to talk about in terms of cases was with a tablet getting a, a, a keyboard built in. And it's actually one of the times when uh, it really makes sense. And I've seen various uh, iPad implementations, quite like the, what Logitech have done. I own the, I own the Logitech one, uh, a Logitech case for the iPad 3, the first ever Retina one. Um, tested a whole load and would recommend that as the, as the, as the best one. And I, I do think if you're going to put a case on it, having the extra bit of thickness that puts the keyboard on there really does change what you can do with the device. And I've had a similar experience with the Lumia 2520. That has an optional case. It also has an extra capacity battery built into it and a couple of USB ports. But it, it transformed it from a tablet, which felt, frankly, not terribly useful in day-to-day life, into something that was replacing my laptop on a regular basis. And so I like that element of a case that sort of adding real value and actually making me use the device in a different way. So guys, at the end of our good kit guides ever, not necessarily all the best things on the market, but the things that we use and love. Mm -hmm. Um, Best thing about this though is when the listeners let us know what they use and love, because frankly, most of the stuff I own is based from recommendations from people I I trust. So um, jump onto 361podcast.com or tweet us at 361podcast. Let us know what you use. Fill out the three-question survey at the bottom of this and, in fact, every single post and uh, leave us a comment telling us the stuff you love. Uh, interested in product types, categories, things you've discovered and even specific product recommendations. So don't hold back. Let us know what you think. Right, gents. I will see you next week for Rocking. our last episode in Season oh 7. Oh, my. Season I'm, 7. We, yeah. Jeez. All right, so yeah. Season 8. So it'll be called soon. All Good Things. Season 8 coming up and, not too far away, our 100th ever episode. <gasps> that means that we can get syndicated. Does it? You promise? Well, that's, that's what they say in TV, isn't it? Excellent. So while you and McLeod goes and signs us the Big Bucks deal, we're going to go away for another week, get ready for our final episode of the season. Thank you for listening. As ever, please leave us a comment wherever you hear this. If you can do us a nice review on iTunes, that would be jolly super too. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can comment, subscribe and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com. If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. Each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. 